Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. Welcome to episode two of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. I've received a lot of great feedback on our debut episode with Marty Skrull last week, and I just want to say that is very much appreciated. But as one of my former employers in the wrestling business was fond of saying, congratulations, but that was last week. <laughs> and his point is well taken. We need to keep things going with another strong episode of uh, the Ring of Honor Strong podcast this week. So who better to have as our guest than one of the strongest competitors in Ring of Honor, Jeff Cobb. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Uh, happy quarantine. <laughs> well, that's that's my first question, and it'll probably be my first question to every guest of this podcast for the foreseeable future, which is, how have you been handling this uh, this quarantine? What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Have you been binge watching any shows? Just what's going on? Uh, well, um, I've had a chance to uh, work out with my uh, personal trainer three times a week now. Um, he's, uh, he's trained, uh, multiple UFC fighters, uh, probably most notably, uh, my former tag team partner, uh, on the independent scene, Matt Riddle. So, uh, he, he's a, definitely a trainer champion. So I've been seeing him, uh, three times a week and then just, just working out. And then on my downtime, uh, just trying to, trying to stay busy with like, with my play, like PlayStation has so much stuff to keep you busy with. So like some video games and. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Um, it's just, there's there's a lot of stuff to keep me busy. Uh, also trying to learn how to play the ukulele again uh, because I am from Hawaii, so I figure I, I need to have that, pull that out of my back pocket every so often. <laughs> That's required, right? I think if you're from Hawaii? Uh, definitely, yeah. Uh, well, they um, in elementary school, you, you, uh, you learn how to play, um, like not anything, too complicated just real basic stuff but yeah yeah I, I just throughout the years just didn't have time or whatnot or just put on the back burner and and i want to i want to learn how to play so let's go back to um las vegas uh the weekend of march 13th that was the last time you were uh, scheduled to wrestle uh for ring of honor i think you were you were scheduled to face slex that night um now you live in Las Vegas, correct? So you didn't have very far to travel. So you, were you already were you at the building that night? Uh, no, actually. So they, I actually went to uh, to lunch the day before. Um, I went to lunch with uh, Todd Sinclair and Ian Riccoboni, and because we we love Pepper Lunch, so there's a Pepper Lunch that just opened up in Las Vegas. So we went to lunch there, and we're talking about you know, the, the different scenarios. And I was, I was very hopeful that the the show was going to go on and, you know, it wasn't as, I mean, at the time it was, I mean, it was, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad in, in here in the States as it was around the world. So, um, I was hoping that the shows would go on, but, um, I think it was like the morning, probably late afternoon, late afternoon Thursday or other than that, late afternoon Thursdays when we got it, we got the email saying, "Hey guys, like we're gonna we're gonna pull a plug on it," which I I totally um, commend Ring of Honor for just for the fact that you know they're you know we could have just went on with the show, but you know for the safety of the wrestlers and whatnot, because like with the wrestlers, 
like if someone got sick that like for example like selects or something had to go back to australia with with sickness and spreading that you know i didn't you know i i commend ring of honor for you know seeing the bigger picture you know and 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 the health and safety of our workers and and also the fans as well okay so jeff another show that was canceled um was Supercard of Honor on April 4th, and you were scheduled to team with Dan Moff against Kenta and Ishimori, which is a match I think a lot of people, myself included, were really looking forward to. Uh, what, what were your thoughts about getting in the ring with those two, and, and uh, what's, it been like, uh, what's it been like teaming with Moff in general? Seems like you guys have good chemistry. Uh, well, teaming with Moff has been fun. Uh, he's got, I mean... I don't want to age him, but he's got a few years on me for experience uh, ring wise. And um, he's teaching me some things that, you know, some things that I, I kind of tend to overlook sometimes. And it, I mean, it's good to bounce off ideas with a guy that's, uh, uh, I guess, a little bit uh, bigger than me size wise. And, you know, I just having like a like a brother coming along and just, just beating people up along the way has been fun. <laughs> uh, I definitely um, was really bummed about the the uh, Supercard of Honor, just for the fact that, I mean, it was a chance for me and Moth to to wrestle a different team that's not in Ring of Honor, in in uh, in Kenta and Ishimori, and, you know, they're New Japan staples, they're Bullet Club staples, where, like, we would have had a chance to show New Japan what we have and, and what we have to offer, and, you know, you never know where it would have taken us or taken that, but, you know, uh, you know, I'd I can't look back on it now, just just because you know it's in the past already. It's it's the emotions have been done. So moving on, moving forward, and just looking forward to the future. Right. You mentioned Moth's been around uh, for a minute. Um, you know, you've you've been around not quite as long as Moth, but certainly you're you're not any, any newcomer. But if I'm not mistaken, I don't think you guys had ever wrestled each other. Certainly not in a one on one match prior to. Um, the time you faced off in Baltimore. Um, so what was that like working with him uh, as an opponent, not as a tag partner that first night? Um, well, you know, the, the cool thing about uh, professional wrestling, uh, you know, especially with like um, like dirt sheets and magazines and whatnot, you get to see these names from other parts of the country that you wouldn't see. Like for myself personally, like I never – I knew of him. I never met him until – until those, uh, until he started coming aboard with Ring of Honor, so you know I've I've heard of him. I've I know his uh, his uh, backstory and how intense he is in the ring and and whatnot. So you know I'm like, hey, you know I I love challenges. I I like hitting people. I like getting hit. It's fun sometimes. <laughs> and uh, and when they announced the uh, the match, the singles match that we had at uh, I believe it was final battle. And it was it was cool, man. Like I was I was looking forward to it. I was like, you know what? This is a this is a name that's uh, that has buzz around the independent world. And now he's coming to Ring of Honor, where I've made my name for the past year year and a half now, I believe, or closing in on two. Years. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm a I'm a gatekeeper right now, but I'm definitely uh, like, hey, you want to come in? I'm the big boy of uh, Ring of Honor. So, and he came in and he definitely brought in. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm very grateful that uh, I'm fighting alongside him as opposed to against him. <laughs> Let's go back to the month of February, which was a quite an interesting month for you, Jeff. Uh, February 9th, Free Enterprise in Baltimore. You and Moth 
defeated the ROH World Tag Team Champions, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham, in a proving ground match, which means that you will get a future shot at the Tag Team Championships. But three days after that, you showed up as a huge surprise on AEW's TV show and hit a tour of the islands on John Moxley, which I think I think you broke the internet at that point. Uh, and then the next week, you, you wrestled Moxley on AEW's TV show. And I think a lot of people assumed that, well, you must have signed with AEW. But a week and a half later, you worked two Ring of Honor shows. So I guess take me through how that opportunity ended up with Ring of Honor. I'm sorry, with AEW, where things stand now. Um, and yeah, just just talk about that a little bit. Um, well, I mean, uh, that's the funny thing about like the internet. You know, everybody just assumes things. I, um, like the people that know know. Like I, like people have asked me um, privately, and the people that I reply to, they they know the situation, and especially the guys at Ring of Honor, because you know I got a lot of email or messages and text messages and phone calls from people from ring of honor like hey man uh what's going on I was like i'm not going anywhere uh <laughs> i mean i mean to be to be honest with you like january 1st my contract did expire with ring of honor um and i made it very clear that i would like to stay and work with ring of honor because i believe in the company and i believe in the direction that we're going and especially the talent like town's ridiculous so um my my goal was to stay, uh, but this opportunity came up and and I took it and and I feel it was good for both parties because now people are talking like people that only watch AEW are like, whoa, is I thought Jeff's ring with Ring of Honor or some people are like, well, what's Ring of Honor? And then they come over and look at Ring of Honor and now now there's more eyes that wouldn't have been on Ring of Honor that are going over now, so I, I think it helped everybody in the in the grand scheme of things, and, and it was fun, you know, good payday. <laughs> so did they do the whole deal because you were such a big surprise? Um, were you like snuck into the building and all that kind of thing? Were you like hiding backstage or no? Um, no, actually, so it was weird because nobody <laughs> knew that I was coming. Uh, There's maybe five or six people that knew I was coming. Uh, uh, Cody Rhodes knew because uh, yeah, I was in contact with him and uh, Moxley knew because I was, you know, beating him up. Um, There's maybe five people that knew. Um, and I was pretty much, I came early because I had to do some, uh, some, some, some bat behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and then, you know, everybody that came in during call time, they're like, what are you doing here? Kind of thing. And, and it was, it was fun. It was, it was fun messing with them. So. It was, it was a fun time. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's great when those surprises like that can actually happen. You know, it's so hard, as you know, to pull off a surprise nowadays with, um, you know, the internet, the dirt sites, and and everything that goes on. It's just uh, to have everyone. You really do need it on a, a need to know basis. And even if it's five people, you just hope that those five people don't just tell one person because you never know what can happen after that. So it was, it was great. Congratulations on on pulling off that surprise. Um, so also, you know, this year you've wrestled obviously ROH and AEW, but you've also wrestled for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I know you've you've wrestled for some promotions in the UK, Germany. Do you plan at any point to sort of settle down again with one promotion, like sign an exclusive deal? Or do you really want to just enjoy being a, a free agent? 
Um, I, I kind of, I, I don't know. It's a double-edged sword because, uh, you know, I, I, during my time in Ring of Honor, I, I liked being there. And the schedule was great on my body. I got to recover and heal from the previous years where I just went crazy and did, like, a ton of wrestling matches. But um, I, I during that time, exclusively Ring of Honor, I, I kind of missed, you know, seeing the people that I saw every weekend. Um, so it's a double-edged sword. You know, there's pros and cons with being exclusive and being non-exclusive. Um, and... Uh, I, I eventually I'm eventually I'm going to settle down. Okay. Now, of course, we all know that you had a, a standout amateur wrestling career, uh, represented Guam in the 2004 Olympics in Athens. Uh, you started training for pro wrestling, if, if my math is right, around age 26, which is a little bit late. I mean, we see a lot of, a lot of guys starting in their uh, teens, early 20s. Why did you not start sooner? Um, well, I think it was just, uh, I, th I think, uh, that was the path I was supposed to go down. Um, originally I looked into starting right out of high school. Um, but the, the promoter at the time, looking back now, I know the correct terms. Uh, he was definitely a carny where mm -hmm. he just wanted, he just wanted my money. Um, and I was like, you know, I was like 18 year old kid, you know, where am I going to pull $3,000 out of my, uh, like. I can't just pull that out of the air. So, you know, that, that went my dream for that era. And then I started, uh, doing, going back to doing amateur wrestling and then, and it just kind of blossomed from there and it took me to college. And then, you know, I kind of wanted to be like the first, uh, kids or first kid from my family side or my mom and dad side to graduate college. So I, I told myself I'd start wrestling after college and, you know, and then I was amateur wrestling as well, and that that definitely helped pay for my tuition. So I kind of stuck with that for until I finished, and, and then I started right after college. Okay, well, that I mean, that's obviously that's a that sounds like a good plan, right? Get that college education, and certainly this is a business that success is not guaranteed, um, and it's always good to have something to, to fall back on. Um, let me ask you this too about being an amateur wrestler, because I've talked to a lot of guys in pro wrestling who had amateur backgrounds and i know at one point there was sort of a real dislike of pro wrestling by a large segment of the amateur wrestling community has that changed any i mean as far as your experience as someone who was an amateur standout what were your opinions on pro wrestling i mean were you a fan did you hear from others in the amateur community that hey you know you don't want to get involved in that fake stuff or like what was your experience uh well See, I was always a fan of pro wrestling ever since I was a kid, and that's actually what got me to do amateur wrestling was I thought it was pro wrestling training in high school. So um, that's, I mean, I signed up for it thinking I'm going to be jumping off the top rope and whatnot. Um, <laughs> obviously, it, that's not the, that wasn't correct. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I don't really recall like in high school, um, People talking about like, oh, pro wrestling, you know, that's not the real wrestling kind of thing. Um, I did hear the more, I heard a little bit like in college, but um, I ended up going to a college that Bobby Lashley went to. And I think because of the success he had, um, my coach in college was, wasn't as anti-pro wrestling as other 
coaches were. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm just assuming it off of that. But yeah, I don't. I don't think he was more open to professional wrestling. Okay. Yeah, and I think that. I think that has changed. I think as as the business has gotten more popular and uh, and I think it's you know people are much more open about it being entertainment. I think it was more of kind of a previous generation where. I think people may, maybe in the amateur community were somewhat resentful that amateur wrestling didn't get a lot of attention. Pro wrestling got all this attention and people weren't really sure what it was. You know, was it real? Was it not? And I think that might have been some of it. But I think now I think the attitudes have for the most part changed. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, WWE Performance Center. You had a uh, you had a tryout, right? In like 2014. Yeah. What, what was that experience like? Um, it was it was an interesting one. Um uh, I feel it's definitely changed like from now and then when I to when I did my tryout because um, I remember when I went when I was like we like the first day you're doing like weigh-ins and stuff just regular check-in stuff um, like the doc checks you and then you do your weight and your blood pressure and whatnot um, and then when I was I remember when I was weighing in I kind of looked on the table next to it and there was a, a clipboard with all the all the, all the attendees and I was, there was, um, I think it was like one through, one through 20 was, it was under the, under the, uh, under the banner of a uh, quote unquote athlete is like guys like CrossFit and NFL football players and whatnot. And then there was a, there was, I think like six or eight, uh, people that were under the quote unquote indie wrestlers. And I was under the indie wrestlers, uh, group. Which I like, I kind of took offense to. I was like, you know, like I was in the Olympics ten years ago, <laughs> 20, like ten years ago I was in the Olympics, and so it was, yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's changed now. I mean, I I can't speak from experience, but I, I'm sure it's it's definitely changed for the better, off of just based off of that. Okay, so ultimately, I mean, what I guess you didn't sign with WWE, so was an offer not extended, or what exactly? went down to um i got offered uh tough enough and that like i don't think i would have thrived in tough enough because i'm not exactly you know i'm i'm, I'm a boring person really uh, i don't <laughs> think um i don't think i was going to get ratings because of my my crazy antics on the tv show so um i pretty much just just turned that down and uh went on the indies All right, we're going to take a brief break. He's Jeff Cobb. I'm Kevin Eck. We'll be right back after this short break. Honor Nation, we heard you. Fantastic matches from Ring of Honor's 2010 archive are now exclusively on Honor Club. Relive history such as Tyler Black's championship run, Kevin Steen versus El Generico, the rise of Kenny Omega, the Kings of Wrestling versus the Briscoes, Roderick Strong, Christopher Daniels, Colt Cabana, and more. Sign up today at rohonorclub.com as we continue to add historic events from 2002 to 2010. All right, we're talking with Jeff Cobb. This is episode two of the ROH Strong podcast. Jeff, let's go back now to, uh, I guess it's around 2015, 2016. This is where your career uh, really starts heating up, I would say. At that point, you started working under a mask for Lucha Underground. But by the way, that mask, I just watched some of these clips recently. Again, it looks like it was really hard to breathe in that thing. Was it? Oh, it was, it was definitely hard to breathe. There was uh, no mouthpiece, right? No, no, there's no mouthpiece. Um, uh, I Yeah, it was just really hard to breathe, very hot, and especially on the days or 
the months where we filmed, uh, I want to say like maybe August, September time, where it was just re- it was just hot. It was just summer. In, and then add that into a warehouse and then add that into uh, a production where we had uh, like six giant lights bla- like blasting on the ring. And then add that where we had to have a wrestling match. And I was like, oh, I was I was dying out there. And I think for your debut, you had to work with like 15 guys or something, didn't you? Yeah, I had to do 11. I did 11 eliminations in that match and I was so tired. Uh <laughs> Yeah, needlessly, I didn't go out and hang out with the boys that night. I kind of just went back, showered, and then just slept. Well, congratulations for not blowing up because that was. <laughs> oh, I, I was. You just couldn't see it. I had a mask. <laughs> I guess maybe the mask was good in that sense that it hid uh, how blown up you were. Couldn't see your face. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Okay, so 20, this is, again, this is like 2015, 2016, Lucha Underground, huge opportunity for you. You were uh, booked as a huge monster under the mask at that point. Um, you're also making a name for yourself around this time for Pro Wrestling Guerrilla in California. Uh, did you feel like this is where things were really starting to click for you? Because I, I think you were kind of flying under the radar at that point. You had you had sort of a name on the indies, but I don't think people really knew who you were um, until that time. Is that sort of your recollection? Um, it was up to that point. I was pretty much only doing like California stuff at that yeah. time. Um, just, and it wasn't getting flown anywhere. It was more so just driving. So like there'd be times where, and I still held down a regular, like a nine to five job. Um, so it was pretty much like, you know, I only worked in California. Um, you know, there's times where I'd drive down to LA on a Saturday and then had to turn around and drive back up because I had to go to work on Monday. So it was, it was pretty. It was it was rough at the time, but I mean, I I think all the successful wrestlers have gone through that. Where you know they kind of I, I mean I don't want to curse on here, but like you eat poo and learn to love it, you know. So <laughs> I've heard so, that. And it, yeah, so I mean, it's nothing nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, it's this comes with the territory, I think. Uh, but yeah, it was around that time where um, like it's, I think it was definitely the like like Lucha Underground definitely helped get my name out there but it wasn't me on the tv screen you know uh it was definitely pwg that that started breaking me out and you know after that first match uh at pwg then you know my emails and facebook messages started getting a lot more and people willing to fly me places now so i was definitely around yeah it was definitely pwg and I think it was like 15 or 16. I can't recall exact the, the exact year, but yeah, it was around that time when I definitely started gaining a lot of momentum. And so if you don't mind me asking, what was the nine to five job that you were holding down at that point? Um, at that time I was working uh, security at a, at a continuation high school. So it's pretty much like we're like these kids were expelled from, I guess a quote unquote uh, regular high school and, got sent here to catch up on some credits and whatnot. Gotcha. Well, I'm sure none of those kids wanted to mess with Jeff Cobb, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, You'd be surprised. There's there's a couple that tested me, but it was whatever. Uh, Let me ask you again about PWG. Uh, You teamed with a guy there that I I think people have heard of, uh, a guy named Matt Riddle, uh, the Chosen Bros. What are your memories of that? What was it like teaming with Matt? Uh, it was really fun. Uh, our first interaction actually was uh, 
at the battle uh, battle of Los Angeles that year, um, we we were in a ten man like a pretty infamous or famous or whatever you want to consider it uh, ten man tag where there was a giant uh, thumb thumb up the ass train with Luke Jushin Thunder <laughs> Liger. Um, but yeah, like me and me and Matt had a a minute scuffle in there at the beginning, and that one got a lot of buzz and. And then, uh, like the the next month, like uh, like PWG was like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna try this and see if it works." And then, and we teamed together and we wrestled the Young Bucks, and like people loved it. And so we kind of just kept teaming from that from then on. Now you made your um, New Japan Pro Wrestling debut in 2017 in the World League Tournament, and uh, I just gotta say, a guy with your style, I think you were uh, tailor made for the New Japan style. I saw a picture of you on the New Japan website with you getting your hair done by, of all people, the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Roshi <laughs> Tanahashi. So I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you what what the hell was going on there. Uh, it was it was so cool because like I'm sharing a room with Tanahashi, man. Like <laughs> this this dude is like he definitely earned that nickname, the ace. Um, and I'm sharing like my first tour. I'm sharing a locker room with Tanahashi. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. And you know, throughout the tour, you kind of see how everybody gets ready and their and their little routines, if you will. And and at the time, he was you know he was straightening his hair and styling it with hairspray. Or I think it was hairspray. I don't. I, I didn't get too that far into into it, but like he was he was doing it one day, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like so, I just started you know chit chatting with him a little bit. I'm like. I was like, how how long it t- how you know? I just asked him how long it takes for him to get his hair down, and he told me like, um, he it, he's gotten down to a science where it's not taking him an hour, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and then I, th- I believe we we teamed or no, we uh, we didn't team that day. But then he was he then he offered like just and then the next day I asked him and then he's like I you know just talked to him about the hair stuff again, and then he he offers like, would you, do you want me to straighten your hair? And I was like. I was, I was very caught off guard with that question, especially for a, a guy like or a guy the caliber of Tanahashi. Um, so I I told him like, oh, no. Uh, then for some odd reason I was like, well, I was like, well, tomorrow we're teaming. So I said, well, tomorrow we'll do it. And he's like, okay. And just me <laughs> thinking like he's, it's like the Undertaker coming up to you and talking to you and saying he's gonna take you out or whatever. I just assumed he was gonna forget. Um, so yeah, so the next day he shows up and then, you know, we come to the venue, the, uh, the arena and we're just, you know, unpacking or whatever. And he's like, like Jeff, we're team today. I was like, yeah. He's like, you want to straighten your hair? I was like, you want me to straighten your hair? I was like, like, dude, I'm not turning down. I'm not <laughs> saying no to Tanahashi. So he straightened my hair and I think I look pretty darn, I mean, I didn't look as good as the ace, but I think I look pretty decent. Well, I mean, let's be honest. That's setting the bar pretty high. I mean, his hair is immaculate. Like, yeah, his hair, his hair is flawless, man. Like, at the end of a 35, 40-minute match, it's still, it's still perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> have you thought of uh, going back to that hair-straightening gimmick yourself? Or was this a one-time only for Jeff Cobb? Oh, that was a, that was a one-time only thing for me. Um, uh, I... My better half has straightened my hair a few times during this quarantine, um, but then I've straightened it as I'm going to go work out, and it's just all over my. It's just too hard to control. Like straight hair, I think is too hard to control. So, I 
I don't know. I might, I might try it a few times, you know, getting out of the quarantine. I might, I might try it on a handful of shows, but I don't know. I just don't want to travel with an iron and all this kind of stuff. It's just, it's just a hassle, I think. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. So let's, let's fast forward a little bit now to your, um, your Ring of Honor career. You signed with ROH. Uh, about 36 years old um, again and I hate to keep bringing up age but for a guy with your I mean clearly undeniable talent I think it took a little longer maybe than than expected to get a contract from uh, one of the bigger US promotions I why do you why do you think it took till that point for you to, to get the deal um, I think it was I think it was just a matter of timing um, because when I, I did my WWE tryout, and then right after that, I went straight into uh, the Lucha Underground contract. And I'm sure you've read the reports online that those contracts were very awful. Yes. Um, and it took me until Ring of Honor was knocking on my door to get out of it completely. And eventually I did. So I was very happy about that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just timing. Like, I think... Um, I think it's just more still along the lines of, you know, I was tied up with Lucha Underground for a while and then, then I then I wasn't. So, Okay. All right. He is Jeff Cobb. I'm Kevin Eck. Uh, we will be right back after another very short break. We'll talk with more about Ring of Honor and some other things right after this. In 2020, make sure your vision is the same because ROH will be releasing its archive of all of its historic content, including me winning the tag team titles, <laughs> me winning the television title, get out of town, me winning the six-man title, you don't say, and me winning the world title at Madison Square Garden. So don't be a Melvin and join Honor Club today. All right, back here for more with Jeff Cobb on the ROH Strong podcast. We're talking about Jeff's uh, Ring of Honor career, so let's start at the, the very beginning. Um, well, let, before you had your first match, obviously you were brought in to uh, you basically single-handedly wrecked the top prospect tournament, uh, which was a pretty great way uh, to debut. I mean, you've had some pretty great debuts, right? To do the thing in Lucha Underground where you beat everybody in the first night to become champion and uh, you beat like Rey Mysterio at the end there to, to, to win that that gauntlet match. Uh, you come in Ring of Honor, you single-handedly destroy the top prospect tournament. And then in your first official match, it's for the Ring of Honor World Television title against Punishment Martinez. And you win that in what was pretty much a squash match. Um, so talk about your ROH debut and... How much did it surprise you that you won the title in your fir very first match? Were you even officially signed? Like, had you put pen to paper at that point? Uh, yeah. Um, I officially signed uh, when I debuted for messing up the top prospect tournament, which I okay. apologize for. Um, uh, but, yeah, uh, I had a contract from the very first uh, TV appearance I made. Um, and, and just getting that opportunity to be – to wrestle for, I mean, let alone to get a title shot right off the bat. Um, I thought that I was, uh, I was very shocked. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, I'm just more of a team player. Like, you know, put me where you need me and I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, and then they, they gave me that opportunity and, and I ran with it. And it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, I mean, I would have loved to go longer with, uh, 
puncher in Martinez? Yeah, sure. But you know, at the same at the same token, uh, I'm not getting paid by the hour. So, you know, if I can beat him quickly and get a championship, why not? So let's go to now uh, Madison Square Garden uh, G1 Supercard. You're wrestling Will Osprey. Uh, obviously, great atmosphere, sold out crowd. You guys were put in the position of being the first match on the pay per view portion. There had been a couple uh, of matches on the pre show. We had the there was a women's match. There was the Honor Rumble. But you guys were the match that that really kicked off the pay per view part of the show. Uh, did you feel pressure uh, being put in that spot? Oh yeah, that was definitely definitely nerve wracking. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, just it, opening opening the pay per view. It, it's it's such a it. I feel it's a big uh, it's a big burden, uh, and not in a bad way, and like in a good way. Like it's it's something that's you know, it's like hey, open the show, start off with a bang. I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be, and, that's, and you know self-doubt kind of kicked in a little bit and just just nerves because you know i mean up until that point who's really done shows in madison square garden in the past 50 60 years besides wwf right or wwe yep. i guess um you know and then having this opportunity and then winning a championship in madison square garden you know the first non-wwf title change in 60 years perhaps maybe yep that's right it, it was you know it was, it's crazy to think that and and to think uh like in 2003 um the world championships for uh the olympic or the olympic qualifications was uh world championships and it, they were held in madison square garden so you know i got to compete there in amateur wrestling in 2003 and then flash forward um to 2019 i'm you know kicking off this historic pay-per-view where these two great companies ring of honor and new japan are coming together and putting on this great show showing the world our our abilities and our talent um it was it was just a crazy experience like it, it, you know people are telling me like just take it all in i'm like i'm trying but i, I can't <laughs> it's too much right well since you have had obviously some time has passed now it's been about a, well, a little over a year um to take it all in yeah. have you gone back and have you watched that match over? If so, like how many times have you watched it over? Um, I, you know, we're all our own toughest critics, pretty much. Uh, how do you feel the match went? Because I, I certainly, from my point of view, and and obviously the overwhelming majority of the fans, is it was one of the best matches on a show that had a lot of really good matches. I mean, how do you how do you feel about it? Um, you know, I'm my own worst critic, so I thought I could have done better, but you know, <laughs> I mean, if the fans were happy and and Ring of Honor was happy, and New Japan was happy. Then, then I'm doing my. I gotta stop being so hard on myself, I guess. But um, I, uh, to your other question, I think I've watched it maybe twice in the year, in the full year. Actually, no, I've, I've actually, I only, I've only watched it once because uh, I've, I wanted to hear it with um, the great commentary team that night with uh, Kevin Kelly and Ian Riccoboni and Colgabana. So I wanted to make sure I got that vantage point of it because i've uh, up until that point i believe i've only seen like like clips and gifts and whatnot but never actually the full match and then i uh i can't remember when i watched it, it was like when the past it was, it was sometime this year so yeah are I you someone are you, are you someone who generally goes back and, and watches your stuff or do you i know some oh, no. people do they like to go back and watch and even critique or whatever and other people don't you know can't stand to see themselves and they, they don't want to see themselves work again I, where do you fall on that yeah, I I don't go back and watch my stuff, unfortunately. 
<laughs> I mean, people always tell me like, it's good to go back and watch it. Then you can get better. But, you know, I feel like, uh, I just hate, I hate watching myself wrestle. Well, we certainly enjoy watching you wrestle, Jeff. I know I do. I know my fans do. Um, you look. You were undefeated in Ring of Honor. I think it was about ten months before you lost your first match. And, and I want to take you to that match in question. It was uh, at Best in the World in June of last year. It was for the ROH World Championship against Matt Taven. And I, I know you guys had like. Um, I think you guys were scheduled for like maybe 25 minutes or so, but as things tend to happen in, in live TV, um, the show was running late and I think you guys ended up having like less than 10 minutes of actual bell to bell time, uh, because we were running late and we had to be off. It was a pay-per-view. We couldn't go over. So I guess two part question here is, is, I mean, how disappointing was that? It was a big match. Obviously it was your first loss, which was a big deal. Um, you and Taven, two guys at the top of your game. I think a lot of people were expecting something really great. So how disappointing was that, that you you couldn't have the match, I guess, that you wanted to have? And the other part of that question is, how do you adjust? You know, you go out there, you have something in your mind that you're going to do for 25 minutes, now you got to do it for nine. Um, it was very disappointing. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and put the blame on anybody and say this person went over the time, this, whatever, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I've, I just really, um, I mean, I guess I was disappointed and upset, uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, whoever has a championship, I believe is the, the, the person or whoever's holding the championship should have the, the time, you know, like, there would there would never be a time where Hulk they'd be like, hey Hogan, you're going, like, we're, you know, we're going to give you 20 minutes, but we'll give you six. You know, there was no way in heck that was going to happen with a Hogan or a Rock or an Austin. Um, and you know, at the time, I felt like you know, I like you mentioned, I had an undefeated streak, and Matt Taven was a champion, and people were expecting people to, you know, they they wanted to see something. Like this is the first time we ever wrestled. And, you know, I wanted to make it a really good match. And, um, unfortunately, uh, things didn't go in our way. Uh, so we made the best, um, I guess the, uh, I guess the term is, uh, we made chicken salad out of chicken poop. So, um, I mean, it definitely wasn't, uh, my best match to date. Um, and I'm sure, uh, Taven would say the same thing. Um, and, you know, I, I was hoping that we could, we get we would get a chance to do it again. Um, unfortunately, uh, Roosh came along and and took the championship off of off of his uh, off of his shoulder. So um, you know, but you never know. Like, I'd like to work back up to that point where I get another title shot and Taven as well. So you know, I assume we're gonna cross paths eventually or somewhere down the road. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know it was it was one of the better nine minute matches I had seen, but obviously, yes. I mean, I think the expectations obviously were higher for more and, and hopefully I agree with you. Hopefully uh, you and Matt get a chance to hook it up again, because I think it will certainly live up to the expectations that we all had for it. As far as being the world champion uh, for any promotion, really, is, is that, is that something that's important to you to do at some point? Is it, is it a goal to be the world champion? Um, I, I feel that should be everybody's goal. Uh, when you're in a comp like whatever company you're in, because um, that's 
that's the top prize, you know, saying that you're the best, then, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't interested in it. But uh, that's something that I'm working, that I'm going to have to work towards again. Um, you know, I was at that level. And then unfortunately, I got knocked down a few. Um, and now I'm, I'm in this uh, tag team and you put the Ring of Honor World Championship on the back burner for now. Because, um, you know, I'm finding success with uh, Dan Moff and, and like I mentioned, he's fun to beat people up with. So, like, that's where my focus is now is, uh, and, you know, we like you mentioned, you and February, uh, February 9th, um, we did pin the current Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. So, and, you know, we have a title shot coming down the line, somewhere down the line. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see this, I'm going to see this out first before I go back to singles uh, competition. I'm liking what I'm doing now. Like I said, I like beating people up with Dan. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a great guy to beat people up with. I mean, I, I think even I, you know, I'm certainly not a tough guy. I wouldn't win many fights. But if I had either you or Dan Moth behind me, I think I'd feel pretty confident. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good betting man. <laughs> All right, we're almost uh, ready to wrap up, Jeff. Just a couple more questions. Uh, I have to ask you, too, like, um, who are – this is a typical question I think every – I think I mentioned this with Marty last week. Every wrestler gets – who have been uh, some of your favorite guys to work with, uh, some of your favorite matches in Ring of Honor to this point? Oh, well. I know uh, you don't necessarily, like, overlook anyone, but just a couple things that immediately come to mind. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want to uh, – it's not a knock on anybody else. But, um, like, I, I think um, the my first uh, pay-per-view, um, I think it was uh, down in uh, – it was against um, – hangman adam page yep um i i feel like that was one of my favorite matches but i feel like um we didn't get the the advertisement or the publicity as some of the other matches and ours was a title match and a first time singles match so i i feel like we were kind of overlooked so i feel like maybe we had a point to prove and and our pretty much our goal was to steal the show and kind of rub it in everybody's faces. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely feel that was one of my favorite matches. Um, and then I had a, a bunch of really good matches with Shane Taylor uh, for the the TV championship. Um, I guess any you tango with uh, Villain Enterprises, it's always going to be fun, hard hitting. Um, Sometimes it comes out on the good end. Sometimes it doesn't. But you know, that's neither here nor there in the beginning. Um, but I think, yeah, like just I, I've enjoyed every single match I've had in Ring of Honor. Uh, but those are just some of the ones that just pop into my head right off the bat. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Shane Taylor because I think you had two matches with Shane, I, I believe, and they were they were both really good. And I think what was great about those matches is it really helped to elevate Shane. I think it opened some eyes. That wow, Shane Shane Taylor. I mean, I think those of us those of us in Ring of Honor already felt that way about Shane, but I think it opened up some eyes maybe outside to, with fans of like, wow, Shane Taylor can really go. And I think uh, that was a testament to to both of you, you know, that you work so well together. Yeah, I mean, he he was all talking smack about taking my TV championship. I'm like, nah, man, that's that's mine. That uh, I'll lose it when I feel like I want to lose it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely had a blast. Work like like well. At the time, I didn't have a blast. It was like getting punched in the face and getting dropped on my head. But you know, looking back, it was I. I had a I had a fun time. Jeff, you are a uh, video game aficionado. Is that safe to say? 
Um, I have a handful of games that I play on the regular. So I understand that you're now you're in a video game. Is that correct? Can you can you tell us about that? Um, yeah. I've, I've, well, I mean, I don't know how. Like, I've been, I've been in a few, I guess. Um, there's uh, one that I I did with uh, Retromania. Um, I'm I I, I I'm. They're going to hate me because I can't remember off the top of my head when it's supposed to be released. Uh, but there's that one. And then I recently signed on to be a downloadable character on that virtual basement. Um, one that has a few Ring of Honor uh, talent on there as well. Yep. Um, and, I, I mean, I've also worked on the, the WWE the video game. So, I mean, my moveset's on there. So hmm. I guess that's, I guess I'm working there. I, I think on, so. I've been on the video game as well. I think that counts. Yeah, that counts. So how cool is that? Just as as a guy who likes video games, to like be in a video game, or oh, multiple. It's, video games. it's super cool. It's super cool. To, I mean, like, I mean, ten years ago, I, you know, I was just I just wanted to get seen and and noticed, and you know, would you know, flash forward in the future, what I would say, hey, you're going to be in a video game, or you're going to be an action figure, or you're going to be this or that. I mean, you know, never in my wildest dreams would I, you know, I, you can always that. As your goal, you can definitely do that. But then, you know, when you when it comes to reality, it's like, it's so it it's it's crazy. It's a holding your figure in your hand, or when the video game gets released, being able to play as you. As like, oh, it's it's just it's a dream come true. Well, Jeff, before we uh, wrap it up here, uh, we do a little thing called Ten Questions on ROHWrestling.com. I know that uh, I believe you've been the subject of ten questions in the past. Uh, we're also going to make that part of the podcast. So, uh, ten questions, always you know, sort of on the lighthearted side. Are you up for playing a quick round of ten questions? Let's do it. And it is now time for ten questions with Kevin. All right, first question: As a Las Vegas resident, how excited are you about the Las Vegas Raiders? Um. Well, I'm. I don't really. Uh, I don't have a favorite football team anymore um but and i've never been to an nfl football game so i'm excited just to go to one and to knock it off my list you said not an nfl fan anymore or you don't have a favorite team anymore who was your favorite team uh when i was a kid um it was the 49ers when i was a kid Uh, okay well if you're looking for another team just uh i'm from the baltimore area if you would like to jump on the baltimore ravens and lamar and wagon there's room since I started uh, working with Ring of Honor, um, and we've gone to Baltimore many times, I feel like Baltimore is like our second home, yeah, or my second home now. Um, but because I've gone to Baltimore so much, and then plus two, I mean, it's going to be a, a e- nice little plug. But uh, every time I've gone to Baltimore, I've gone to Jimmy Seafood, and they've always been so hospitable to us that, and they're huge Baltimore Ravens supporters. And you know what? Like the Ravens are. They might end up being my team now. Ah, I love that, Jeff. Jump on now because I feel like a Super Bowl is, uh, which would be our third Super. I say our because it's obviously it's you know I I I identify with the team. They're my team. Um, I think I think our third Super Bowl uh, Lombardi Trophy is uh, is going to be happening sooner than later if we can get football up and running again. So you're more than welcome on the bandwagon. Heck yeah! (laughs) All right, question two: What's something about you that would surprise people? Oh, um, well, being from Hawaii, I don't surf. Get out of here. 
<laughs> yeah, I think people just assume because I'm from Hawaii that I surf. I don't. You're Hawaiian and you're athletic. I mean, how did this happen that a surfboard was never put underneath your feet? Uh, I, I don't like the deep water. So oh. I tend to stay maybe waist deep, chest deep if I'm feeling froggy. Huh. Okay, interesting. All right, question three. If you had to be quarantined with one member of the ROH locker room, you had to pick somebody, who would it be? Oh, man, you're going to get me heat with the rest of their locker room. <laughs> huh. Well, uh, just based off of my car rides recently, uh, I'm going to say PJ Black. It's a good choice. I love PJ. PJ's a great guy. Yeah, he's got great um, great knowledge on things that I'm learning right now. So I like to I'd like to pick his brain. PJ likes to talk about the third eye. Has he ever talked to you about that unleashing your third eye? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've we've done that. Like uh, like I meant like well I didn't mention this, but like my better half is a Native American, and she's taught me a lot about about that side of it. So I'm learning a lot of about nature and whatnot. And PJ also has the same philosophies i guess so yeah. like her teaching me stuff and him teaching me stuff it's they're teaching me the same thing which is crazy um but it's great like i love it all right question four dog person cat person none of the above hmm. well i was never either one of them uh, but we now have two dogs and a cat, so I'm both. <laughs> okay. All right, number five. What's something that's on your bucket list? Ooh, bucket list. Something you've always wanted to do. Something you want to, you know, do before you, uh, before you check out. Um. Well, I definitely want to go visit all the continents. Okay. Number six, do you have a guilty pleasure? Something that you enjoy that uh, maybe you'd be a little ashamed to admit? And this is a family show, Jeff, so keep that up. Oh, mind. okay. Um, well, I do enjoy the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Did you say the Backstreet Boys? Yeah. Wow. Okay, yes, I would feel guilty about that one if I were you. <laughs> I believe I own all their, al or all their CDs. <laughs> Are you just trying to curry favor with the Booker Marty Skrull? Is that why you're saying that? No, I really do. I really, really do. do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, I don't judge. I don't judge. Certainly not. I don't judge you. If you like the Backstreet Boys, that's good with me. All right. Thank uh, you. Let's get back to video games for a second. Question number seven. What is your favorite video game of all time? Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, No Mercy. WWE No Mercy or WWF No Mercy. Hmm. Okay. Number eight, Jeff, I noticed that you're following about uh, 300 or so people on Twitter. Who's your favorite person to follow? Do you have a favorite person? On Twitter? Yes. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Gabriel Iglesias, Fluffy. I'm sorry, could you repeat that one? Uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, uh, Fluffy. Okay. Yeah, he's gotcha. funny. He's funny. He is funny. All right, number nine. What is your, if you could think of it, uh, your most embarrassing moment in pro wrestling? Does something come to mind? 
in pro wrestling? Yes. Huh. Any embarrassing moments? Hmm, let's see. Now I feel if I can't think of one, you're going to jinx me and something's going to happen. <laughs> no, it's okay. But, you know, I've heard some, some answers I've gotten in the past are people having wardrobe malfunctions and things like that. Um, well, I mean, it's a family-friendly show, so I use family-friendly words. Yeah. Uh, probably that, that uh, pay-per-view where I wrestled Dan Ma. Um, I ha uh, we were scheduled to go on next, and you know, I'm kind of warming up in gorilla position, getting ready. Um, and then the match before us, I believe, was Kenny King and Rhett Titus. And they were wrestling, and I was like, all right, cool, they're, they're almost done. I think uh, Kenny hit his finisher, so I thought, oh, okay, cool, we're almost done. And then, like, oh, I got to use the bathroom really bad. And it was, it was number two. So I had to sprint all the way down, and I, and then I, I yelled. I didn't yell, but I told somebody, I was, hey, keep an eye on let them know whose music's playing. And I was rushing, and then they they ran in. I'm like, Jeff, you're you're up, you're up. I was like, oh, man. So I had to sprint all the way back down, and then come to find out they had a – they were doing a uh, – the bouncers were doing a promo uh, by the ring, which would have gave me an extra couple minutes. And I was like, oh, that was the worst. That was the worst. That was embarrassing because everybody's laughing at me. That was, <laughs> I was sprinting down the hallways. But yeah, I mean, pretty much that, that. Pretty much that so far. Well, before I get to question number 10, uh, is that something, uh, is that, do you have a routine with, because I imagine, I, I know a lot of guys, they like to go to the bathroom, like either right before they go out or, um, you know, they get it done, taken care of uh, ahead of time. I mean, do you have a, a routine as far as yeah, making I, sure that I, you're uh, not, in good not shape? So much a not so much a routine, just like a, a step by step, like things that I, I do, I try to do normally, especially because like a lot of my moves is me throwing people and exerting energy and force that I don't want accidents to happen. Yeah, so I try to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, quick, quick, real quick story for me is uh, back when I was working for WWE, I was in Gorilla uh, at one at one point, and I won't I won't say who it was. I guess I should probably protect the uh, guilty here, but uh, I'm in Gorilla uh, and I look over and there is one of the biggest stars in WWE uh, in his tights. He's about ready to go out for his match, and he's standing in front of the trash can. In Gorilla, you know, this is 10 feet away from Vince McMahon. And I look over and I'm like, is he doing what I think he's doing? And he was. He was uh, urinating in the trash can in Gorilla. So, <laughs> you know, the things you see behind the scenes. Hey, sometimes you got to go, you got to go. You got to go. Okay, final question. This is the big one, Jeff. Who would win a match between Matanza Cueto and El Jefe Cabo? Uh, definitely El Jefe Cabo. Really? By a landslide. Haven't seen that guy lately. Did he, uh, did he retire after his, uh, his big tag match with, uh, uh, El Villanisto? And, uh, um, that was I, think, I think, I think he went to, he went back to Mexico to ah. build, build orphanages with, uh, El Generico. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's... <laughs> It's a worthy cause. All right. Well, Jeff, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for playing along. And, and uh, thanks for joining us today. I really, it was a great conversation. It was great to talk to you again. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thanks for, and it was good to talk to you too, man. And yeah, thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, thank you for uh, putting me out there with our Ring of Honor fans. 
For sure. And speaking of those Ringer of Honor fans, thanks to everybody out there for listening. And keep it locked into ROHwrestling.com and ROH's social media channels at Ring of Honor on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor on Facebook for news of when and where future episodes of the ROH Strong podcast will be available. Stay safe, everyone, and let's all be ROH Strong.